You're listening to the Free Association Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Carpenter, and this podcast is a special edition of my radio show, Free Association, which runs every Friday night, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on WZBC 90.3 FM, Boston College. Today I welcome back to the program singer-songwriter-guitarist Marissa Nadler. Her new record is called The Path of the Clouds. And we talk about her move from Boston to Nashville, her fascination with true crime and the show Unsolved Mysteries, and her collaboration with harpist Mary Lattimore and engineer Seth Manchester. All of this coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to Free Association.
Marissa Nadler is here. That's her new record, The Path of the Clouds, the title track from that record. It's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for it's being so, here. Oh, it's so great to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I haven't spoken to you in a while, and we haven't really talked since the, the pandemic. And I wanted to ask you, uh, well, first of all, where, where are you right now? Are you in Boston? or I'm, I'm not in Boston. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Ah, okay. And, um, it's been quite the few years with the pandemic and really traumatic for a lot of people, I think. Just, uh, yeah, but I'm in Nashville. So are, are you no longer a Boston uh a Boston musician? <laughs> are, you, all, are you fed up with Boston? <laughs> no, I mean, I am New England to my core. I am always going to be a Boston musician, I, but I'm not currently living there. Anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, I know you and I have complained, mostly <laughs> me, they complained about <laughs> about the, the various clickiness of Boston. Um, and I was just counting the days. At, at some point, I figured you might leave. So, um, oh, well, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it, it wasn't even so much to do with Boston. I still love Boston, but it, I do think it's a very hard place for artists to live because it's so expensive, it among is. other reasons, but also just that there's not a lot of like, yeah. op, uh, you know, I could, yeah. I'm yeah, not going to I mean, even new, finish that sentence, but <laughs> new, new York, and I mean, most, most musicians I know, they're either in New York or or boston or um or la or cal you know san francisco and it seems like all those places are so so hard i don't know what seattle's like maybe i know you've had you have a lot of friends in seattle too i don't know what the situation They've all there. Left there too oh really <laughs> for the wow. same reason it's it's um i think there's been a lot of people moving those places like nashville because um the cities have just it you know it's it's hard with the streaming world and everything to kind of survive so of course yeah and nashville is such a beautiful town and has such a rich musical history um yeah of which i cannot wait to discover at some point i haven't left <laughs> this room in like two years but <laughs> okay wow well what how did you how did you do this record was it was it remote i mean did you you guys were all working remotely with milky and, and everyone Milky's in um, Milky's in Nashville as well. Oh, he is. Oh, I didn't everybody, know that. Okay. Yeah, he relocated mm. as well. Um, but the m the rest of the instrumentation, all the rest of it was done remotely. And so, I, as I said, I switched to Pro Tools and got the Pro Tools for Dummies book and taught myself how to use it. And um started like the very basic tracks to the click after writing um here in this room that you're looking at uh right on that computer with my little monitor set up and then like i ended up doing the vocals and his parts in a real studio because the songs just deserve that i think um, of course i didn't yeah. want any buzz yeah i mean i've done a little bit of recording here but just overdubs i haven't done any vocals like harmonium or percussion or, or things like that but but um, yeah, I'm fascinated that you learned Pro Tools because I I learned um, GarageBand and I learned Pro Tools just enough to be able to do simple overdubbing. But it's so it's so hard, right? It's like the the learning curve I thought was pretty pretty steep. Well, because I was using Logic for so long, which I find 
very innately illogical as a program for somebody like me. <laughs> it was like right. it was like getting my training wheels off because logic is very hard. I think it was for me. And um, Pro Tools came a little bit more instinctively, um, just because of the rewarding sounds. And I mean, it it definitely was difficult. Though I agree with you at first, but you know. Well, how do you find it? I mean. I have some very strong opinions on this, but I'll ask you first. How do you how do you find working with people remotely um, when you're trying to give feedback or you're trying to, you know, how do you how do you handle that? Uh, I guess it's different for every person, right? But well, yeah. I mean, the people that I worked with remotely, I've handpicked after very careful consideration with the really innate trust in them. So. For the most part, 97% of the stuff that got sent back to me, I kept with absolutely no instruction. So this record in a weird way came about like this exquisite corpse project. Like I really just sent Simon Ramon, like the songs I said, be great if you could play bass on some stuff. And he sent me back bass tracks the next day. And Mary was like, I only have time because she was put a record out in the same day I did and she's busy, but Mary Lattimore, um, same thing. Just, she sent back beautiful stuff. And part of my new hat as a producer was just deciding what stuff I didn't keep. And I see luckily, like because of the wonders of modern technology there, these people that I work with all have ways to record themselves that sounded pretty good. Like, whereas wow. in the past and like, in the past, like my first record was recorded on a digital BR8, like eight track. And um, I have four track records of people now are just rigged up. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely the pan that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic, I think, is that people have now started to learn how to record at home and they have, you know, pretty decent setups. So... Um, I wanted to ask you about about Mary Lattimore. For those who who don't who don't know who that is, it's a, a harpist. She's a, an incredible harpist composer, and she put out this this um, um, amazing record last year called Silver Ladders. And she's just one of my favorite musicians. And I, I, I can you talk about how you how you um, did you reach out to her? Um, and I know you did you know her before? Did you meet her, or did you, how did that how did that collaboration come? Because it seems like such a perfect fit. I mean, her stuff sounds so great on this on this record. Yeah. Um, Mary and I have known each other for almost um, as long as I've been putting out records, actually. Oh, uh, wow. I recorded in Philadelphia where she was based for a long time before she relocated to L.A. And um, she was kind of on the periphery of the scene with the Espers and Mary um, and Meg Baird, rather. And I recorded my second record in Philadelphia and my self-titled record there. And Mary had, we've toured together. She's, we've played many shows together and um, took her on some, like before she started, like now I'm so happy that her career is finally getting the recognition that it deserves. But she actually also played on For My Crimes, my last record. Um, so we go way back and she was just one of the, like it's you don't 
you know, I know a lot of guitar players and I know a lot of singers, but I don't know a lot of cosmic harpists. And so I was like, what could take this song to the next level of floating through the clouds or in it? So I just super excited. She said yes and grateful to have worked with her. It's so great. Yeah, I'd love to play this track, um, If I Could Breathe Underwater, um, which is one of the tracks that, that she plays on. Marissa Nadler is here. You're listening to Free Association. This is WZBC.
Free Association, you're listening to uh, the new record by Marissa Nadler called The Path of the Clouds, and that was the track If I Could Breathe Underwater, featuring harpist composer Mary Lattimore. Wow, I love the sounds on this. It's so it's so great. Did, did I read that um, Seth Manchester um, mixed mixed this? Yes, he did. Um, I think Seth did such an amazing job mixing this record. Um, he was so, um, I don't want to, I'm trying to find the right word, but he was really bold with his choices. He told me when he said, I don't like that flute part, or I don't think these drums work. We need to re-record them. And like, it was very hands-on. And um, we did re-record the drums with a local drummer in Providence, a Pawtucket, um, just because sometimes remote stuff doesn't end up working like right. as well with fidelity, but he's great. And he was told me, he said, I'm so happy you took it back home for this one because Providence is where I got my start. All right. Right. Yeah. You know, I got to work with this guy because I love the, um, first of all, you're not the first person who is, who has worked with him. That's been on the show, Talia Zedek, Alec Redfern, mm-hmm. Noel Dorsey, who, who, oh, I who love sings her. with, yeah. Who sings We're actually with, friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You know her. Yeah. So yeah, she did the major stars, um, recorded there and, Everybody is just raving about him. He's and, the nicest guy. Like, yeah. not pretentious. He'll work with anybody. You know, no, no ego, no artifice. Just straight up, really good at his job, and really was like, these songs are edgy. Let's make this sound edgy. And even though it's, mm-hmm. that's kind of a weird adjective to talk about this record because it's quite dreamy at the same time, but. He took the reverb off. He said, you know what? Lemon Queen should be dry as a bone. And wow. I was like, really? Like, and you know, my love with reverb and everything, but I wanted to try as many different things as I could with this one. Right. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of engineers just don't do that. They don't give you feedback like that. They don't want it. They're afraid to give negative feedback because they're afraid of losing the business or something like that. But I, I actually like when engineers do that because yeah. that's your job i mean i feel like that's why i want your i want your feedback i want to hear what you think works and what doesn't work especially what doesn't work i mean that's that's really really beneficial because you don't normally hear that you don't normally hear somebody say i don't like that you need to you need to take that out exactly when he said you need to re-record the drums i was like what Wow, like, that's that's I, crazy, you know, right? Um, I take the path of least resistance a lot of times because I don't like conflict. So I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. I don't really ever right. really listen to the fidelity of drums. I'm more of a song person. So yeah. he, he really does know what he's talking about well, with that stuff. I'm exactly the same way. When somebody, I don't know drum sounds, you know, I just don't have the ears for that. And when somebody says that's a great drum sound, I said, I, I yeah, sure, I, I guess, or that's just not a good drum sound. I said, really? You know, I just, I, <laughs> I, I'm kind of relying on, on, on the engineer for that. So that's, that's interesting. But I, I kind of, I'm kind of fascinated by this, that he's, he's willing to give that kind of feedback and actually willing to say, let's re-record the drums, which is pretty radical, right? And that's, that's a pretty radical suggestion and the original <laughs> drummer um he works with midlake he drums with tons of great people like saint vincent and stuff and so it was like the worst email I, phone call oh, combo gosh, i right. ever had to write because he was super cool about it and it was nothing about the beats 
It was just about the way it was recorded. The sound. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not the performance. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I'm wow. the kind of person that doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So it was really hard for me to like, for the first time, this whole record's about that actually for the first time in my life. I'm like, well, what's best for the album? Like stop being a doormat. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You kind of have to, I mean, a lot of stuff ends on the, on the cutting room floor, you know, when you, when you have to do that because you have to cut a lot. I'm kind of interested in playing lemon queen. I don't have it queued up, but I want to hear this, this um, bone dry vocal. <laughs> that you're so talking it's the about. last, it's the last song on the record. Great. And, um, yeah. 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 Let's play that. Marissa Nather is here. You're listening to Free Association. Her new record is called The Path of the Clouds, and this is Lemon Queen. Walking through the snow, we could hardly see it all. The city so quiet the roads were white with salt 
Okay, now I'm really excited to play you this. <laughs> oh, well, that's the Unsolved Mysteries. Right, of course. So I'm fascinated by this because I also <laughs> love that show. Um, I loved, I, I was watching it in the 90s, and I Me remember too. when Robert Stack, right? And, but I also, and I'm a, I'm a little older than you, but I also liked In Search Of, which was another paranormal yeah. show, which was Leonard Nimoy. And it was kind. Of, I actually think Unsolved Mysteries was was influenced by In Search of, but I could be. I, I could think be you're wrong right. That. that was one of the influences for the Couldn't Have Done the Killing video. They, my oh, two wow. of my friends who are Boston-based, uh, Tyler Derry Berry and Kristen Dute made that video for me, and um, they used a reference to In Search of in their quote about their oh, inspirations cool. for the video. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I know Tyler. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know he you did do? that video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know that, Tyler. Yeah. So t- Kristen's yeah. actually my closest friend, and um, I remember she came out one. to that recording session at, at Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's great. great. And so they made that video together and spent so long. They did so many locations to recreate the um, like these faceless true crime reenactments in the style of the time, and it, it really, right. I, I love it, yeah. I, I love that video. People should re- really check that out. It's incredible. Thanks. But um, the the thing that I, I wanted to talk about in, in particular was the the story behind one of the songs you um, you wrote, which is Bessie, Did You Make It? And I actually did some digging. <laughs> I was kind of curious about about this story, and, and I, I thought I'd let, let's, let's let people listen to this opening to the show. Um, and so we could get just a little backstory on this. Um, this program is about unsolved mysteries. They always Whenever start possible, with this. The actual you know. family members <laughs> and police officials have participated in recreating the events. What you are about to see is not a news broadcast. Next, the story of Glenn and Bessie Hyde, who disappeared on a perilous rafting trip on the Colorado River. Both were soon lost until a woman claiming to be Bessie Hyde said she murdered her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have a really dark sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so over the top. Um, so what I, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on this because so I, let me let me just try to understand something. So there were these two people that went on a rafting trip and they were never found. Mm-hmm. And and then the I, when I watched the show, it sounded like there and I did some reading about it. It sounded like there was a lady years later that was met in the Grand Canyon um, and she claimed to have done, to have killed. She claimed to be Bessie Hyde, the, the, one of the missing rafters. Uh, and she claimed that she killed, I guess she killed her husband. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then later they, they interviewed her and, and she denied all of it. So are you, is, do I have it right? <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. Okay. And what are, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that that was actually her? Or all right. I feel like it's just such a random thing to make up. Like this isn't a wide widely known story. Right. Like either it was some true true crime buff, but it wasn't because her claiming to be Bessie was before the show was made. So why would somebody right. claim why would they to do be that? this? This isn't like you know, this reminded me a little bit of the lost daughter from the Russian Revolution, um, 
Anastasia, who was the only body that was never found. And I don't know if you remember that, but like, no, I don't. Um, you know, when the czar's family got murdered, um, all of them got murdered, but they never found Anastasia and Anastasia, whatever. And um, and then many women, a few different women, claimed to be her. And, oh, I, and wow. this story about Bessie Hyde kind of reminded me of that. But the difference is that this is such an obscure story that how could it not be true? Right. And That's what like, I thought. I thought the same thing. I was fascinated when I was listening to it. And um, they were newly married. And well, as my lyric goes, is like she killed him. She was simply surviving. <laughs> so, I mean... I love that show so much and I love the narration. I mean, he, he is one of the best narrators that ever graced the radio airwaves. Fantastic. Good a voice, you know, incredible voice. Yeah. I thought so too. I thought, why would she make that up? I mean, it's, it's, it's such a crazy thing. I, and I also true. read, I don't know if this is true. I read that some, they went into her, they found her place and she had the marriage certificate in well, in her place it's I mean, got to be her i mean her. there's no reason but that's such a wild story like if she really did do that like right it was only I mean, 1928 like i can't even gra- wrap my head around it yeah i mean it's crazy that i i know that that river because we hiked grand canyon you go all the way down it's a long hike down you can't do it up and down in one day you can but it's it's crazy but you you go all the way down there, and then there's I think is is it the Snake River or it's the river down there? It's all rapids, and it's extremely dangerous. But I guess the original thought was that they were killed in the rapids, but maybe they had some disagreement or something. It's just fascinating, right? There's so many possibilities. Yeah, um, that was just yeah. like it was actually one of the last songs I wrote about wrote for the record. But it just for a long, for a long time I I was writing these songs based on Unsolved Mysteries episodes <laughs> as oh, wow. like an exercise. I've got more that exists that will come out as bonus tracks um, quite soon. But um, I started to realize the validity of the stories and the parallels between like these archetypal women and men and people and my own lives. Like so much can be said with a story like, if you take Bob Dylan's Hurricane or Joni Mitchell's Hajira record, her song Amelia, it's like you can speak about yourself while you're speaking about very specific things. Right, right. I mean, you have those specific narratives, but people channel their own experience through those. I remember, I remember Nick Cave said something about murder ballads where, you know, he was lamenting about the fact that if you're listening to those songs, you have to sort of follow along, you know, and you you listen to verse one, and if you miss verse two, then you miss the story or something like that. Um, and that may be true, but I think I think your your lyrics are are so evocative that um, that they they sort of you know transport. I think they transport the listener. I think it, it, in a sense, you know, I've been I've been trying to get moved toward more abstract um, uh, lyrics. I always find that the hardest part. So it's always fun to sort of have a project where you're where you're writing about a specific, you know, specific thing. It's freeing yeah. in a way, like right. when the story already exists. Right. Whereas when you're writing first person confessional, it's a real hurdle to turn the 
woe is me, this is how I feel into lyrics where as like the, the saying goes, like you want to paint the picture of what you see, not what you're feeling because it's, it's right. saying your emotions maybe isn't quite as effective as painting a picture that evokes those emotions. The imagery is so important, right? Yeah. Right. Well, let's play this track. Um, I think this is the first track off the record. Bessie, did you make it? Marissa Nadler is here, and we're listening to her new record, The Path of the Clouds. You're listening to Free Association.
Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you um, about the live show because the last time I saw you perform live was at Great Scott, I think. Mm -hmm. um, R.I.P. Great, Great Scott. Um, Aren't they reopening, though? Are they? With, Maybe they're in a different space. Yeah. And the new pizzeria, the old pizzeria Regina in uh, Alston Brighton near the Pike. Yeah, that's right when I you, told get, you, off, I was right a when you get off the girl. Pike. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. the is that the place like right when you're coming off the when you're going over the bridge it's to the right that pizza place? It was, yeah, yeah and right. that's where they're reopening. I think if they re I, I haven't been back in a while, so I heard I, I read Carl was writing something about that. I hopefully it happens. Um but I think it yeah, that would be great if it does. But yeah, when I saw you there, I think it was you and, and Milky and you were it was the two of you. And one of you, maybe it was you, had a it looked like some pedals where you you were playing bass bass tones. Was or was that that him? was him? Was that him he doing that? Has wow! Developed this amazing ability because of for a lot of reasons. Like when you're touring, it's really hard to take tons of people on the road. So he learned how to play bass pedals with his feet while he plays guitar and sings at amazing. the same time. So he's a real um really big part of this album, actually. It's a he, yeah. His sounds are fantastic. You know all the all the um, electric sounds. Of course, your guitar playing is tops, and and his you know his electric playing is fantastic as well. Yeah, he's tops. Yeah. Like he's been um, he kind of helped me realize my Pink Floyd dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like some. Just, I always yeah. wanted to make a record that was this spacey or this this big you know i mean it's just huge and I, a lot of it is milky but i wonder how much of that is seth is seth bringing that out yeah or okay i mean seth is yeah. amazing i chose right. him for a reason i think that seth manchester did such a wonderful job in turning what i sent him these these just raw tracks and mixing them and he mixed it really quickly too he didn't like charge me for three weeks of mixing this crazy <laughs> record he did like four songs a day which is like unheard of you know wow that is that is really fast he's amazing wow. yeah i keep hearing that too he's so fast i, I gotta i gotta work with this guy this he really should he's amazing I, yeah. and um it's great he's very kind person he did um work on Kristen haters record um or her project lingua Gnota. i don't know if i'm saying that right but she's like mm. an internet friend of mine and um, oh, okay lingua l-i-n-g-u-a-i-g-n-o-t-a i would like, describe her sound as like diamanda galas meets chris isaac nice or wow. something that's, yeah that's, she's that's amazing wild. yeah the production is great um oh thanks it's my yeah. first for only my first and only actual self-produced record you know, I was going to ask you about that. I saw that. I saw that written somewhere. And um, you, I think, when you say self-produced, because I, I, I have, I mean, if I'm working with an engineer, in a sense, they're the producer. But I, I never really like hire a producer. 
I only did that once and it was a total disaster. <laughs> I wish but, I had learned that lesson. Yeah, well, yeah. But, but you, 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 um, when you say self, but you've sort of been producing all your records in a, in a way, right? Yeah. Um, you have final way. say. I have, of course, I have final say, yeah. but this is the first album I didn't hire a producer for other than my first record. I mean, I guess that's, that's really, you're right in making that point. Like my second record had Brian McTeer from Philadelphia on the helm of the, like the board and I gave him production credits, but it wasn't really until like little hells with Chris Cody that I really had like a producer producer that was like, no, this is the way it should go. And, um, wow. And, um, and I let that, and, you know, and then Randall Dunn produced July and strangers. And I have to say, he's an incredible at what he does. And he brought me to a new level and launched like a second act in my career. But there is something to be said about making those calls on your own. Right. Right. Yeah, I love Randall. Randall's records with you were great too. Um, yeah, he's actually doing sound at the show I've got coming up. The one show I've got coming up. <laughs> oh, is that the one at LPR? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. My last show was there with Ghost Train, and and I um, I love that place. But we were in the normal configuration. I think I want to ask you about. It says in the round. Is that? Ugh. Are you right in the middle? What is? What is that? It's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> Well, it's like people standing all around oh, wow. you. That's wild. And you're in the middle. And that's not a comfortable situation for me, but. Wow. You know. That's kind of cool from an audience perspective, though. It's course, exciting. Yeah. Not right. so. I'm going to ask for no photographs, though, because I don't want my self consciousness to become part of the performance. Right. People right. with phones, like you're in a fishbowl and everybody's oh, yeah. staring at you. It's right. a horrible situation. Right. <laughs> that's that's interesting. So is it you and Milky? Is that the, or is it Actually, more? Actually, it's going to be quite a bit more than that. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Me and Milky and then Don McGreevy, who plays some stuff on this record, and Monica Cott, um, who plays a Zen mother and tours with daughters. And um, we're still working on the fifth member. We're looking for a synth player. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, because my piano player isn't able to make the show. Um, Jesse okay. Chandler. Um, yeah. That's great. You have the full band. That's that's fantastic. I don't I think figure, I've ever seen you with a full band. No, <laughs> nobody has really. Like, so we're <laughs> right. practicing every day, and I just want to. Like, I'm not playing again until Cycle Las Vegas this summer. So. Wow. I want to make the show really matter. I mean, I'm sure there'll be offers that I'll take or whatever but for the most part I've been really just like I don't know if it's safe or smart or to go out on a big tour right now you know yeah I don't know a lot of people doing that um just yet I think it's a little bit sort of dicey um super dicey yeah yeah I know Talia has done shows off and on and she's doing a European show a tour next year but um but yeah, it's it's kind of hit or miss at, at the moment. But I'm I'm so happy about this record. It's so, so it sounds so great, and the lyrics too are really interesting and and unique. Well, thank you. Yeah, I worked really hard in the lyrics for this record. I spent two years on them, and um, you know, my brother is a novelist, and um, my I come from a situation of writers. And uh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know your brother was a novelist. That's great. Yeah, yeah. he's a 
quite successful novelist and um he teaches at bc and bennington oh wow um, okay professor and um he's the one that taught me how to write great and then i think there's a i did the download and there's a bonus track here all the eclipses. yeah all the eclipses oh i didn't really know that they were <laughs> they already gave it away oh man yeah that is Amber Weber from Black Mountain, who also sings the harmony and elegy. Oh, wow. I basically picked like my favorite people that I've known forever. I mean, when you've been touring for 20 years with little to no acclaim, um, <laughs> you work up a nice uh, Rolodex. Right. I love doing that. I love I love bringing in people, my favorite people. You know, it's mm -hmm. like that's that's like that's the most fun part of it to me, the collaboration. You know, mm -hmm. isn't music great? Because music is one of the few genres where you can, you know, you have this period where you're writing alone, and then you have this other period where you're collaborating with 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 the people that you're working with, and then you have there's the video, there's the film aspect, and so it's almost like you're 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 sort of combining all the best of, you know, if you were just a writer, you'd just be sitting at home, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of great. I think that's a really wonderful point that you're making, actually. I think that was my, like, what drew me to writing. Like, I went to art school, I went to RISD, I'm a painter by a heart, and I love to write. But for me, music is the culmination of all that. It's like architecture, because architects also, um, they take math, they take beauty, they take it all and make something out of all these little elements. And music is like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a collage of all the all the different art forms. Yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'd love to play one more track. Maybe we can play Couldn't Have Done the Killing because I, I love the vibe on that. It's so great. <laughs> that's a true crime story just, that's really covering. Well, Echoes, John said, it, that's a breakup song, right? And I wouldn't answer it. I still won't answer it, but it isn't as simple as it seems, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the best songs have like double, triple meanings, <laughs> you know. So. Double entendre. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. It's so great to see you again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for the long time support and all that. Of course. Yeah. I love your uh, your music and congratulations on the record. Thank you.